Captain Roderick Cameron had just been forced to abandon his plan to procure a woman for the night when one thrust herself upon him. Pardon me, sir. Throaty and alluring, the woman's voice called to him from the misty dockyard gantry under which he sheltered. As much as he wanted some female company, Roderick Cameron pressed on. He couldn't afford to dally. His intention had been to oversee delivery of the bespoke goods they carried, imbibe some decent ale, then seek a woman's company for the night. The delivery was done, but from then on, his plans had gone awry. He was currently hastening back to his ship, with an excise man and a navy officer on his trail, and he was not eager to be waylaid. He'd already sent his crew back to ready the Libertas for departure on the turn of the tide. Are you Captain Cameron, of the ship known as the Libertas? Roderick frowned. Something about the woman's voice stating his name aloud halted him in his tracks, despite the threat of imminent arrest that loomed at his back. It was as if she had touched him to the quick. Bemused, he peered into the shadows. What do you want with Captain Cameron? The woman stepped out of her hiding place and into the moonlight. I've been told that his ship set sail for Dundee this evening. Heavily cloaked as she was, and with her hood drawn low, it was impossible for Roderick to distinguish the woman's features. Was she a penny whore, with a pretty voice, who had agreed to waylay him and call him out? Excise officers were in pursuit because of a prior dispute about the goods the Libertas carried. Roderick grimaced. The Navy had a network of informants and collaborators down here at Billingsgate Docks, where so many ships came and went. If it were a trap, he would have been jumped by now. Nevertheless, he sensed trouble and quickly pressed on, striding toward the docks. He had no intention of confirming or denying his identity. His vessel still concealed French wine that was destined for the lairds in the Scottish lowlands. It was cleverly hidden between two false walls behind his private quarters. If the Navy found out what he was carrying and where he was headed, his troubles would be doubled. Nevertheless, the woman had caught his attention, and now it seemed as if she intended to pursue him. I need to speak with the captain most urgently. She hastened along at his side. I need to know if he truly is bound for Scotland. What is it to you where any ship docked is bound? He shot the question back over his shoulder. Please, sire, I seek passage to Dundee. It was uncanny. Her voice beckoned to him, reaching into him far deeper than words alone ever would. Roderick turned back and peered down at her. From what little he could see of the woman... She did not look like someone he might expect to find here on the dockside, where only drunks and whores and lust-fueled seamen passed by this late in the evening. Her face was still hidden by her hood, but upon closer inspection, he could see by the quality of her clothing that she was no dockside whore. Her dark blue velvet cloak and the gown beneath it looked costly, with a jeweled bodice and sumptuous fabric. In one hand, she clasped a small bundle, partially hidden beneath her cloak. It felt like a trap, but Roderick found he had to know and understand it before he sidestepped it. The Libertas does not take passengers. 
Besides, why would a fine English lady such as yourself want to travel to Dundee? Alone. She lowered the hood of her cloak, finally revealing her face. Roderick stared at her. Her appearance defied him to do otherwise. She was a beauty with silken black hair that cascaded over her shoulders. Delicately defined eyebrows arched over eyes that glinted brightly in the moonlight. Her lips, still parted on her plea, were exceedingly kissable. She gave a quick and rather forced smile. I am as Scottish as you are, Captain Cameron. Roderick lifted his brows in surprise. She not only decided that he was indeed the captain, she also claimed to be a Scot. His curiosity flared, as did his wariness. If it's true, we're both far from home. But I hear a little trace of Scotland in your voice. Her hands twisted together over her bundle. I've lived in London since I was a bairn. I am a grown woman now, and I wish to return to my kin.'